0: Raph Esparza, there were some great fights over the weekend. There's a ton of cool MMA storylines, and that means it's time for the show that proves earning uh, 30, uh, $300 million in 36 minutes is easier from outside the cage, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. Raf, how are you doing this evening?
1: Very well, thank you for asking.
0: Are you feeling like we're going to do 36 minutes worth of $300 million work? No. Okay. Well, then may I ask you do you feel like Floyd Merriweather's comments that were directed at Ronda Rousey were justified? Or do you feel like he was kind of like, hey, my Porsche is bigger than yours? Well, I would, before you
1: even get into that question, Kev, I'd like to know. Uh, what kind of salary are you making a year?
0: Because
1: I just – I don't respond to comments unless people make a certain amount of money.
0: <laughs> and that's why he's the best in the business, those types of clever parables. It's not for are any they, other reason.
1: Are they clever? Is there any cleverness behind it? I thought you were doing a really great job. Thank you. Uh, let's discuss this. Hmm. He makes the job easy for me, so I don't really know that I did anything spectacularly great because, (laughs) okay, so let's imagine this. We live in a world where a fighter, if you don't know the backstory, here's the exact story. Makes a lot of Uh, sense. Ronda Rousey gets mentioned in the same sentence that she could potentially beat Floyd Mayweather because people are bored out of their mind in sports. So when they finally get around to asking Floyd Mayweather about a possible fight that could never happen, he responds (laughs) by saying... Rhonda, uh, I haven't heard of him. Rhonda responds by winning an SB by saying, hey, jerk, uh, by the way, you can't pretend to know me or not know who I am now. Uh, I guess now you know what it feels like to get beaten by a woman. So pretty scathing considering the charges that have been leveled against him, uh,
0: which are (laughs) noted. And uh, There is a beaten woman connotation, which she is perfectly justified to bring up because of the court record. Correct. And also,
1: uh, much like the way he would um, do so in the ring, he ran away from the comments. So the interesting part about this response from him is, is that he is trying to indicate that in response to Ronda Rousey's wife or not wife, but uh, domestic abuse charges that he's going to come back and say, you don't make enough. <laughs>
0: Which you need to be richer before all rhetorical that.
1: strategy because, yeah, you don't make enough for me to address that. So here's this what I think is a witty one liner ha ha, bang, boom. And it's really bullshit. It's so stupid. And I don't know. I mean, it does, if anything, bring up not even insult at
0: Ronda. It's more of an insult at the sport or Dana White for not paying her enough. Or the so, idea to pay that much to watch a boring-ass boxing match. Sure. And you can even wrap it that way, too. That was but like a, <laughs> wait, it's I just, just realized that was a lot of people I was just talking about. They're like very big MMA fans. Like, yeah, it's a little overgeneralizing, Kevin. Just, yeah. Yeah.
1: But it's really funny when you have somebody who really is proud of the statement they made and is like, yeah, burn, got her. That doesn't address anything. And uh, that's why I think when I heard him make the statement, I just go, what? Why?
0: I agree. Okay, whatever. All right, we're done with that. So (laughs) was hers was still more clever. Just a little bit more clever. The <laughs> history books like, will I'm, be written. My dick isn't that small, I j- promise. <laughs> the history books will be written that Ronda won that round. So, And we've got some more news segments to get to, but I want to break that up by talking about UFC Fight Night. I watched Glover Teixeira drop one of the meanest elbows from Mount... <laughs> and like it he won by submission mm-hmm. and this was the i just saw the uh clips cuz i was at a 30th birthday party for our, our friend shivali i didn't get to see the fights and you're right they're not on pipe ads. <laughs> just fight pass despite with the ufc <laughs> says uh glover Teixeira dropped the people's king elbow on Ovin st pro and moved that into a submission which is what a high level black belt would do what was that fight like to watch and like the, the way it just built? I'm just, uh, I, they were bloody as fuck. Yeah. Um, I, there's a lot you could say.
1: I think, uh, first and foremost, we'd like to see, you know, OSP is a great, great opponent. And, uh, it it really
0: is. He's been on a tear.
1: Yeah. He's been on a tear. And I think he leveled up in terms of who he was taking on, but Glover is a really awesome talent in his own right. And, I think it was a little rough to watch the final moments because, you know, Glover is just in that elite where if you give your back or you give a little bit of your neck to them, it's going to be a done deal. So, uh, you know, it it wasn't unexpected. It was just, uh, you know, I I think OSP will come back from it and hopefully learn uh, some really cool experience, maybe work on his wrestling a little bit, but still a good fight. The cool, cool. one that everybody wants to talk about.
0: Yeah, what is going on here? Because all I know is the backlash. I know yes. Neil Dariush had a very classy comment. I know Michael Johnson had a very forward comment. And um, I'm curious what the fuck happened.
1: Okay. Where do I begin? It's possible in mixed martial arts to lose a fight when you are the one actively Pushing the fight it's yes. a strange occurrence but it does happen it does happen and ask Carlos Conda you could don't go that far okay. but if you are looking at the idea that somebody is counter punching that's a very important part too uh, I don't know that you could make that argument for Benil because yesterday Michael Johnson was was doing well And he was pushing, and he was doing a lot of head movements, and he seemed to be controlling the octagon at many points throughout the fight. And then he lost. And it's one of those losses where they do that thing where they are waiting for the decision, and neither of them are happy it went to decision. But then uh, you see the look on Michael Johnson's face that's like, oh, I didn't win? Okay, well, fuck all you guys. I'm leaving. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to get out of this cage. Mm -hmm. And – He was very forward, as you were saying, and later on in the press conference, he said that anybody who watched that fight knew he won, and I don't disagree with him.
0: Oh, you do think he won?
1: So you think you're with him? I would definitely say he won. Now, the interesting part about watching it later and removed is that I didn't watch it because I watched it after the fact, so I was watching on DVR. So I knew the result, but I went to go watch it, and it does make you watch a little bit more skeptical. Uh, But still, I would give the nod to Michael Johnson. I just, I didn't get it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I I appreciate that, though. I do like the honest opinion. And frankly, you know, it happens.
1: And I would like to say, Kev, uh, you know, Benil Darush is somebody who's a, a big name out here in California. He's very liked and he's a good guy, and you know, trains crazy like jiu so we always kind of root for the jiu guy. But I don't know that I root from somebody from, what is it, Yorba Linda CL, huh? which, uh, yeah, it's uh, Yorba Linda, California, but they put up instead of C-A, C-L. So wherever the fuck – uh, <laughs> I don't know I thought it was some Icelandic place where I just looked at CL and I go what the shit is this who's feeding these people crack in the UFC trek booth this is really weird always hard so there's that but anyway it's a controversial fight I would encourage you guys if you haven't seen it go watch it and if you guys have differing opinions if you can somehow make an argument I would love to hear it I just I'd be interested that's all
0: yeah well, Derek Brunson wins over front of the podcast, Sam Alvey.
1: Yeah, that was tough to watch. Uh, good news. Uh, I watched the end of that fight, and Sam was – he was getting beat the shit on, and the ref called it. And some might say he might deserve like a second or two more to kind of do it. But uh, Sam Alvey's a good guy, and I immediately put on a note on his Facebook, like a video – of him saying, Hey guys, I didn't get the way that I wanted it to go tonight, so I got my ass kicked. I'm sorry, I don't mean to curse, but uh yeah. Last so, act even
0: defeat. I like that. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna take this one in stride and I'm gonna come back stronger. And uh I know you guys are all messaging me, but I'm still going to Disneyland. Okay, bye everybody. And then smiles. <sighs> that's so awesome. He was in good spirits
0: afterwards, but uh, yeah, very, very rough. He really is. Yep. Um, Jared Ross beats Timothy Johnson. Mm hmm. Amanda Nunez beats Sarah McCann. Good fight. Ray Borg beats Gian Herrera. Mm hmm. Uriah Hall wins over Oluwale Bamboost.
1: Yes. Uh, I said Uriah that way is,
0: better than Goldberg did. I heard that. Probably.
1: Uh, Uriah is on a weird tear of saying Crazy weird back shit. and
0: forthness. Yeah, he's been weird on the mic. He's taken over like the Benson Henderson. It's hard to tell what's coming out.
1: I would say not even Benson Henderson. I think he's playing from the Rory McDonald playbook at this point.
0: Just like super socially hard to follow. <laughs>
1: well, you're just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know what, what happened. Yeah. Whenever he makes a statement, I go, oh, he won. I'm, so, you know, good for him. But Jesus Christ,
0: guys, I just want to tell you that in Wheaties are the breakfast of champions and the dreams are real. And through Taekwondo, you can reach sexual gratification as a young man. Like, <laughs> what? <sighs> what? What did he say? <laughs> I'm sorry. there A lot was covered. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Chris Carmosi over Tom Watson. Yep. Via, it's an old school decision. Dustin Ortiz beats Willie Gates. Willie Gates is a cool rap name too, like Willie Gates, uh, or like a good fine restaurant. Mm-hmm. So it was like let's go down to Willie Gates. It's got a great rhyme too. Frankie Sainz over Sirwen Kakai. Mhm. And to practice that. This is more
1: just a, an exercise in you announcing names. At Jonathan
0: point. Wilson over Chris Dempsey. Mm-hmm. Those were easier ones. That's good. Yeah, I know. Marlon Vera over Roman Salazar. Hey, come on out to see Roman Salazar at the Midwest Theater. It's gonna be... I actually think Roman Salazar is the type of salad you order. I would like the Roman Salazar with uh, no croutons, though. I'm kind of like trying to no-carb thing. Absolutely. Scott Holtzman over Anthony Christodoulou. Oh, what a last name that one is. Uh, Raph... The Teixeira Saint Pro fight, people should look at how that one ended. It's brutal and awesome. Yes, I would agree with that. Some great jujitsu stuff. You have also sent me some other things. Reebok is coming out with a phase two. No, they're not. Uh, <laughs> some might call it a PR campaign, is what I believe you're alluding to. Others would call it a very sincere attempt at maybe trying to mend some fences. What is your take on this? They're essentially saying that Cut Men and Ring Girls were a part of this, like, secret next phase of the Reebok sponsorship program. It's bullshit. Phase two? What is this? The Marvel Comics universe?
1: Jesus Christ. Look, if we're talking about the fact that they were looking at people, that sounds great. They said that they were looking to do cutmen and Ring Girls as part of this next phase that they never once mentioned before. They were focusing on the fighters, and it's not like they had since December to kind of get their shit together. Now, their Reebok rep is saying that, yeah, these kind of campaigns take two years to really, really make happen. OK, Kev, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you ever look at what the fuck these people are wearing? Do you ever look at the cutmen? Obviously, they look at the ring girls, but do you look at what the cut men are wearing no, ever? No, I don't. You know what you can put on them? Just a regular fucking jersey and yeah. they're done. That's yeah. all you have to do. The ring girl one, I could understand them wanting to take some time and really figure out the science like, oh, are these uh, boobs uh, high enough. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. Oh, this midriff going to show. Let's spend another three days on this gentleman. Good work was done here today. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. <laughs>
0: well, that's just plain funny. I, I have nothing more to contribute. I think your analysis pretty well sums up. Jim, Jim, did you have the <laughs> note to tie it up higher? Hey, I like what you're thinking of here. Do we All have right? a Reebok symbol we could get on a fucking basic pl- piece of plastic string that we could call a swimsuit? No. Okay, well, we better
1: delay that launch. Now, Dave, I hear what you're talking about on the specific placement of the Reebok symbol on the uh, upper wear for the females. I just don't know that we want to be that head on. Again, guys, good work yeah. was done here. Let's table it for tomorrow.
0: We'll, we'll Everybody, gets, nipples a tomorrow. Everybody okay. gets a tomorrow. Everybody gets a raise. Nipples tomorrow. Uh, speaking of nipples tomorrow... Paul Harris' manager has come out and said that he just zones out. Is this a silent omission that you and I, as we both were very clear, you and I were very clear to summarize our position, what we're talking about is the World Series of Fights, an extension held on Jake Shields' arm for which he has been suspended of World Series of Fights, and Paul Harris, for keeping in the Kumura too long, has been completely banned and stripped of his title. Is his corner coming out and saying he just zones out a silent omission? Because that is what it sounds like to me, Raf, I'm sorry. I zoned out here, Kevin.
1: I can't be held to my own accord because I'm just, not a human with my focused. own thoughts. You're too and... good at this. Mm-hmm. You
0: do tend to comment and go at the attack like Paul Harris. You take it mm-hmm. a little too far. It tends to be very accurate and brilliantly set up, but that's not always a great thing if you keep it past the time. But what did I do
1: wrong? I'm just trying to entertain the people and what? give them what they want. What? That's what they want, right? I who me? So is this not how we do it? I'm so confused. Oh my God. I this is another thing that kind of set me off in a different place. So, in addition to that statement from his manager, there was then a full Written, I'm Polaris and this is how I feel. You don't like how do you fucking zone out with that bat, Kev? When you have you ever held a submission too long? Uh, no, okay, but think about it
0: maybe probably, you have in yes. some three to seven know. times. Yeah, I'm sure I yes, absolutely times, okay. probably more than that on and not and not on a purposeful level,
1: sure. But has anybody ever given you a look like?
0: Hey man, you held that one. I mean, no. Not that non-verbal look. No.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, Maybe. you know, what if <laughs> what if somebody did though? What okay. would be your reaction? Would you instantaneously blame the person of, well, you shouldn't have been there?
0: No, anytime I've felt like I've held one too long, to your point, I was being a little coy. Yes, of course. I've felt like there are times it's been like, "Oh my gosh, and I immediately apologize and make sure they're okay. That's usually like my first instinct. Just to like, oh gosh, I felt the tap. Are you good? Jeez. Now, granted, you're not competing against those people. So,
1: sure, there there is a difference when you are in competition. No, but there have
0: been a few times I was competing with someone and I put in a Kumura, and I made sure that I, I did ask them. You're good, George. I just find it that when you are in a high You know, pressure situation,
1: obviously things change. Um, But Polaris himself apparently put out a statement that said what he felt in his heart. Did you happen to read any of it? No. All right. Well, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to put this for you to glance at with me. I'm going to read a couple passages because I feel people might be interested. This was posted on Saturday, August 8th. Okay.
0: Okay, you just posted the Fedor article again, but
1: uh well, let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> let's blame technology and, and i'd me- love
0: I'd love to talk about fedor not making a decision for another ten minutes, but I absolutely. think I might have absolutely completely summarized his decision, which so, is he hasn't made one
1: let's you know, just glancing at it, kev before you even read it, just go scroll up and down. Yeah. look to see how many words were utilized in this statement.
0: In order to keep up with the really the respect to transparency
1: just scroll up and down don't read it. Yet.
0: Oh my how many God. words are used here okay it's a bit right it's it's like a 1, thousand twelve hundred mm-hmm okay, here
1: we go uh so he has an introductory language, and I'm not even gonna bother reading it, so here we go first, I would like to expose. Mm, Expose. Interesting language choice. My opinion regarding professionalism and fair play. Lack of professionalism and sportsmanship for me is when an opponent spend, not spends, but spend weeks giving statements at the media that he would like to try and injure me seriously at any cost.
0: Now, Kev,
1: what does that have to do with anything?
0: some could construe that as a justification for their actions or what the law would call a motive sure i believe that there are
1: many ways to promote a fight but we must never encourage violence in exchange for hatred the world is already sick of
0: wars well that is true raf mm-hmm. i believe if i speak for the world and i believe rosмира palharis does i think he does we're sick of wars we
1: are so sick
0: of They're wars. They're so tiring.
1: That I will get into
0: this cage and fight someone. Yeah, that's what I'm going to spend my life doing. Personal hand-to-hand combat.
1: If we want MMA to become a sport, attitudes like that should be inhibited in order to promote positive values. They, just as every Olympic and professional sports do.
0: They shouldn't be Prohibited. They should just be inhibited. Yes. So you should keep them internal so as to not alarm the public. Well, I mean... If we're going by the letter of what he wrote, I'm just... I'm being specific. I, well, don't do that. That's but there were 1,200 words, Raph. I'm afraid I have no choice but to I follow understand. it. Like a constitution, which, by the way, this is longer than the Gettysburg Address. It is. Like a I'm lot. pretty sure
1: that amendments are shorter than this. Let's go to our next part, which is... <laughs> <laughs> in my design weird
0: okay yeah. <laughs> okay don't and, ever say that again as a preface to any sentence ever
1: and granted okay i'm gonna pause here just unless it's
0: in moment. my design here's how i laid out the mats at my bjj academy sure sounds great uh i also on the side do some real estate and
1: i designed in cetera, my design here's this kitchen but here when he says in my design I know maybe it's like him seeing my footlock form and seeing my Cooks and saying. sounds deity related, though. Raf, I just, I don't think it's that good. Uh, I understand that. Maybe me as a writer picking on somebody's statement. I don't know. Maybe a little mean. Maybe it gets lost in translation, but we're doing it. In my design, lack of professionalism and sportsmanship was when my opponent punched me in the face purposefully at the end of the fight and threw on me objects while I was giving an interview to USA Today's sports staff talking about my victory. Beside that, it was unbelievable the fact that his corner tried to step in in the cage deliberately to attack me, etc. He's the victim here, Raph. You Absolutely. Know? This is victimization 101. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's get to the real
0: good stuff, right? Sure. All right. Bam, So by the way. He's just... <laughs> done and he's crazy because this statement is crazy
1: yes uh so anyway you know he puts a little bit more logical fallacies in here uh but this is the part that I just I don't know what to make of it and I needed your help on All right. so he gets all the way down regarding the release time of the submission this is something I have been working hard I'm humble enough to take on the things I need to improve However, I understand that the referee, Mazzagati, would be in a better position had he interfered in a better way to stop the fight quickly. Kev, how
0: long did Mazagati take to not touch him? long at all. It just took him a while to get him to fucking release it. I'm not a malicious person. If I
1: would... Huh? I am not a malicious person. If I would... I really could have broken Shields' arm. I have enough power for that. However, within about 1.06 seconds after the referee Mazzagati contacted me, I had the reflex to release the submission and celebrate the victory.
0: (sighs) This person doesn't understand reality. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what's terrifying here. So, <laughs> this
1: is so great. Okay, some media vill- vehicles love a villain, whether he's a loudmouth bad boy style or someone to be labeled as the evil side, the dark side, just like on Hollywood movies. But this, parenthetical evil is it character... Me, or
0: did different people write different sections of this? I think it was... Uh, you know, everybody... know what I'm saying? Like, at certain points, <laughs> it's like super illiterate and weirdly 80s written like a like a lethal weapon script. And then at other times, it's like... Well that person doesn't appear to speak English wholeheartedly.
1: I would say uh we didn't see how this one actually was sent to the person who typed it up because in my mind some note like this gets written with the uh, cut out letters from magazine articles. That would, would explain so. it. So yeah. anyway, um I don't know. <laughs> I never let anyone blind or stuck my finger in any one of my opponent's eyes on purpose. I know. (laughs) This is real. Those are facts. So anyway, if you guys want to read all of this, it's just, it's great. Do it. Do it. I mean, you got
0: a good taste here. And Raph, last Mm -hmm. thing, and I do think it's worth talking about. Mm -hmm. A 16-year-old is apparently, a 16-year-old blue belt is apparently running an academy mm-hmm that's devotion
1: what do you feel about it
0: is, do you know is it like a desperation thing is there no other jiu-jitsu around where there's not okay. like a brown belt or a black belt anywhere in the area okay I can I
1: can speak to this because when I lived in Kentucky I wanted to train really bad I was looking for places I was trying to find somewhere that as a college student I would be able to go to a place and they didn't have a ton of places. I know they had one, maybe two places that were a little further than I would have liked them to be. But when you're in a college town, you think that that's the kind of thing that they put around you. Nothing at all. Now I know, I think today they have a couple places around that area, but I understand the idea of, I would love to train. And if, somebody if let's say 16 year old kid and more power to him for opening up a place and having the ability to run something at 16 I couldn't do that but it's I don't know that I would call it a Gracie Barra I think the idea maybe would be to call it a club but to affiliate it like that it's I don't know it's really controversial in that sense of does that kid know enough Um, yeah sure other people could come in and promote and that's fine and that's cool I know gyms that do that but is it going to be the same thing this kid for all we know could be a vunder kid and super great at jiu-jitsu but it's something on his way to ice town (laughs) ayo yes parks and recs somehow has found its way back into our podcast even months after its last episode in charge
0: thrashed into the role of responsibility
1: but I would say it is a I don't know. It's a very strange idea to have a kid who's 16-year-old and I was in charge of it because what are you supposed to do? I mean, shouldn't you be looking at the kid like, hey, are you supposed to be in school? (laughs) Are we – don't you have like an extracurricular? Are you going to the prom? Is the gym going to be open during prom?
0: No, you're good.
1: No? (laughs) All right. Well, look, dude, when you go get your driver's permit, there better be an open mat here. (laughs) swear to god your thoughts
0: uh i uh, we're on the same we're simpatico here I, I understand the need for desperation i like the suggestion i think that's a good alternative solution is calling it a club before like giving it an affiliation but there crazy. should be one more point to that yeah and that one of our our
1: friends on the show are you know folks who you know we can't always do all the investigating And I had left it at this. I said, man, I totally understand it. I've been in a place where they didn't have a lot of people. And somebody who follows us on Facebook decided to do some investigating. Do you know what they found? What? When they looked up the amount of training places that are around there, they were able to find another place to train within five minutes of where the kid opened up the place.
0: Okay, that's a little bit more info. And that
1: would be thanks to Enrique A. Sanchez, who said, yep, it, thinking about it, but it took me literally five minutes to Google Maps, type in Madison MS, and then search for nearby BJJ. There are a couple of Gracie South schools nearby with excellent instructors. So, yeah, maybe you should just open
0: Interesting. Yeah, maybe just study under a counterpart until so, you
1: know. So our thank you to Enrique for doing the investigations that we would never possibly do. But uh, I don't know. I don't know, Kev. Maybe one of these days we talk to
0: this kid and see where he's at. Yeah, we should be able to get a hold of him. We're just get chat with his parents, make sure it's cool. Sure, absolutely. Let's. We have some great stuff coming up on the podcast. Yes, we have cool people we're chatting with. Let's get to it. Herbal tap fans, if you know anything about Raf and I, you know we're big fans of submission grappling. I think our record's clear on that, Raf. Fairly. And specifically, you and I have a little bit of a crush on exciting submission grappling. We like it when it's innovative. I personally love it when there's a maximum amount of spats and like mostly tights-based no-gi grappling. I think you're getting a little uh, too into your own personal interests. I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I th- and that's why you get paid the big bucks Let's just yeah. go, we're going to talk to someone that's going to be fighting at EBI 4 And I'm stoked about this um, yes. Because I have also seen a particular YouTube clip Where he was talking passionately about like the importance of making sure that you understand grappling and MMA And even specifically jiu-jitsu from a self-defense perspective And I think that's always important We have on the line Russ Miura Russ, how are you doing from Subfighter um, Out in Laguna Hills, the best sounding place, it feels like. Pound for pound, nicest name of a town someone can live in. Russ, how are you doing this evening? I'm
2: doing fantastic. It's Sunday. I'm on my rest days. So this is about
1: the happiest mood you'll, you'll get me in. <laughs> hey, oh, well, thank good. God. Because, Kev, you don't know this because you have not rolled with Russ. So it's best to get him on days when he's not rolling because, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's pretty good. I don't I don't know how else to put it. It's uh it's frustratingly good, but also when you're a spectator, amazingly good to watch.
0: Yeah. He and Russ, you just seem like someone that has a particular smoothness about your fighting. What is your non-off day look like right now? Like how much are you training?
2: Oh, today um, I didn't really, I didn't really train. I usually don't train on Sundays, but uh, I've yeah, Your non-off now. days, so, so
0: like Monday through Saturday. What's your training schedule like?
2: Oh, uh, it's uh, well. This week I'm toning it down a little bit, just because um, pretty much all the hard work is done. But yeah, it, it has been. Uh, uh, let's see, running, lifting. Um, uh, the days I'm not running, I'm lifting. The days I'm not lifting, I'm running.
0: I thought you uh, could only do one of the two. Raph was. Am I wrong about that? You can run uh, and lift.
1: You, uh, you know, the funny part is well, doctors advise us not uh, to because they just say it's not worth anything. <laughs> but for other people who are qualified athletes and black belts, okay, yeah, I guess it is okay. helpful.
0: I'm understanding now. I think. I think I get it. Okay. And then, yeah, Russ, and, are you uh, getting competition training? Like, what's the training like? Jiu-jitsu oh, the great.
2: um yeah, I train uh, a lot of uh, intensive drilling. Uh, we work on get, uh, a lot of uh, positions, um, and uh, now I'm kind of honing my. I'm kind of uh, honing my technique, so my speed is really on point. But yeah, uh, I, I was the volume that I was doing was up to, it was up to five five ten minute rounds with with the overtimes um, from the seat with my best guys. Um, yeah, it's just, it's been great. It's been great. I had a lot more time to train for this one than I did for the last one.
1: And we're, we're actually going to touch a little bit on EBI too, but when somebody like you that is high caliber tells their guys back at their gym, uh, Hey, I'm going to be doing EBI. Do they all kind of groan because they realize that you've signed them up to get more hurt and that they have to put in 10 times more of the effort? Uh or do they get really excited by the challenge for you and go, "All right, now's the time. Let's do it."
2: Every everyone at my gym is really excited for me. Um and I'm not I'm kind of at a interesting point in my life in which I felt like um I'm not real, uh, the competitor part of me has already passed. So I'm in a different stage of my life. So now, my job is now just to inspire other Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioners and uh, represent what I teach my students. So to me, they'll, they'll tell you, all my students will tell you, this isn't a competition for me. This is a full on a demonstration of everything that I've learned in my life. Everything, every. Um, applications that I've ever done, including wrestling, Berlin, jiu-jitsu, mixed martial arts, strength and conditioning, nutrition, uh, you go down the line, I can demonstrate to everybody every single thing that I teach. And hopefully it inspires other practitioners to, you know, one of the things that I see is like not a lot of these guys, not well, I would say less than half Less than half of them know takedowns, and I mean, the reason why they don't do takedowns is because they're never going to fight. You know. Yeah. So there are things that I feel that I have that there's there sh- every practitioner should have.
0: And uh, specifically and, with and, you, Russ, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know what yeah. people know about your history, but you have an extensive MMA background. Um, obviously uh-huh. you're a competitive grappler, and those are, those are already two fields people really you know, tend to like, it's a smaller crowd that do MMA and competitive grappling and those types of things. Talk to us about your beginning. How do you get started in this? What's the spark for you? Because someone who's now a lifetime practitioner, teacher, participant, and I, I honestly, you sound like almost like a jujitsu. You sound like you're explaining jujitsu and its artistry. Like, I just want to show you what it's like. How does it start for you? Yes. Um,
2: are you talking about Brazilian jujitsu, how I started or how I started when I was a kid? I started I started wrestling when I was ten years old and I just so happened to wrestle in the best program in the state of California history. Clovis High. From Clovis High I went to Fresno City, I was state champion at Fresno City and then from Fresno City I went and wrestled at Cal State Fullerton. Um, that was kinda of like my beginning, but in between Damn. um
0: so you were my, okay. Yeah. Rap, he was a wrestler. Yeah, I've been I've been like, are we joking here? Everything. Of course. You started with twelve years of competitive <laughs> hardcore wrestling. Okay. Yeah. No, we hear you. Yeah. And we feel for your training oh. partners. They have our condolences.
2: <laughs> um but yeah, it was a very interesting story about how I found jujitsu. Um and it was actually at the most depressed moment in my entire life. Uh, when I, I was a senior in high school. I was ranked uh, first in the section, third in the state. I'm coming up. I, I had like I had one loss. I was like 22 and one, and the one loss I had was to a state champion from Oregon, it's not even in our state. Uh, and I tore my ACL, and my season's over. It was the most devastated state I had ever been in, and it was um, for a for a for a 17 year old. It's very hard to. It was very hard for me to cope with. And I remember uh, my dad told me something at the time that uh, he was like, <laughs> I was like, I was bawling in my room, and he goes, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. What, what happened to you is terrible, but somehow this happened like for a reason. He goes, there's something to be learned from this. He goes, I don't know what it is because we're stuck here in the timeline. Like this is where, you know, you're 17, you just tore your ACL. But you don't know. I don't know. 15 years ago, you might have found, I don't know, you go on to something else and then you do something with it. I don't know, he goes. So he was pretty right because that was, um, I had had seen a few of the UFCs, but um, basically I was in a motion machine uh, for my knee. So I had to sleep with this thing. It moved your leg while you slept. And I was just stuck in bed for 10 days. So my mom would go to the video. This is back when uh, there was Blockbuster. You actually went to the movie store and rented a movie and then yeah, brought it back. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Hold on. Let's let's uh, explain something real quick. <laughs> to the For kids. the children listening, <laughs> uh, a long time ago, there were these tapes. <laughs> Uh, you may have heard your parents <laughs> talk about cassette tapes. It's very similar, but they also use that for video. They're what's known as DVDs now or YouTube videos. I'm sorry, Russ. I wanted to give a quick lesson to the children listening. Go on.
2: <laughs> so basically, you know, my mom would bring me home like the UFC videos, right? And this was the one moment. I, I think like a lot of practitioners have one moment where they, something happens where it completely inspired them to learn this art. I like when I had started, okay, so sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So it was when Hoist Gracie triangled Dan Severn. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. I couldn't even believe it. In fact, I, I got up, I I unbuckled the motion machine and I I was like, Randy, I told my brother to get down here and I put him in the same move that, uh, Basically, put him in a triangle. I didn't know what I was doing though, and I'm. I start to squeeze. What? How I thought he thought how I, it looked like, and my brother taps me. He goes, "Dude, it was like choking me." And I'm like, "Hold on. <laughs> you mean to tell me that this little ass Brazilian kid, dude just choked Dan Severn off his back?" So literally, from the floor, I stand up. I hop. I hobble over to my phone book. And I look up Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I called my first instructor. We pretty much talked for about an hour and a half. And uh, that's when, yeah, I started training in
0: 1999. Um, hold on. And, uh, for the kids out there, a phone book is where you used to look up the numbers <laughs> uh, for the people that were in your community so you knew how to get in touch with them. Otherwise, <laughs> <Yeah, but laughs> there was no other way to no, know like they a existed.
1: Skype or are you looking up the phone book to, like, text message them? Or do you no, Snapchat them? I'm not no, really No, sure, no, no. Right?
0: There's none of that. There's no data. It's a direct phone call. You get a number, you have to call it, and then you have to speak to that person. Okay, whatever. Good <laughs> clarification, rap. Great <laughs> clarification.
1: Dude.
0: Uh, so when you're doing from, that,
1: you're now in 1999, and that's when you yeah. first start with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So you're a little bit ahead of the yeah. curve, right? Um, I asked yeah, this I've been, because I've
2: been, I've, training, I've been training for a while, yeah.
1: And I ask this because I'm always interested in the transition for wrestlers to jiu-jitsu. What was your first impression when you're making this weird adjustment from, oh, man, I really want to show these guys that I know a little bit of the ground game to a completely different but not out of the realm kind of uh, transition?
2: Um, Basically, uh, I had a a really good coach my first – my first gym, I trained in Fresno Impact Martial Arts by an instructor named Phil Snagley, and he told me he he you know I was like the kid that would show up like two hours early and then leave an hour and a half late, and uh, he, he he sat me down one day. He was like, "You really like this, right?" I was like, "Yeah, dude. This I can't even. Why isn't everyone here? Like, this is the craziest thing I've ever like. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it that, <laughs> that some of these things are so easy to do." And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like wrestling. It's just kind of like learning different wrestling. And he, he, this is what he tells me. This is like my third day. He goes, okay, okay. But you really, really want to learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, you don't want to be like a wrestler that like just takes people down holes. and holds them. I'm like, why would I want to do that? He goes, okay, okay. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to roll off of your back for the first six months that you train. And I'm like, okay, is that what you want me to do? He's like, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? So I, I think I was lucky in the sense that I had a knowledgeable enough instructor to guide me in that direction where um, I fully learned Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu without letting my wrestling dominate when I was rolling.
0: That's amazing.
2: Because I'd, yeah, I'd already wrestled for eight years uh, when I started Jiu-Jitsu. Um, and then I, looking back on it now, that was one of the smartest things that he could have done for me. He taught me how to work off of my back and feel how everything works off the back. And everything felt like somewhat natural when you're on top, just being a wrestler, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think I transitioned really well into jujitsu. He said, he said he had, I had learned the fastest that he had of anyone that he had ever taught. But to be honest with you, the one thing I could tell you after um teaching for eight years now is you can't teach someone to love something. You know, mm-hmm. and I love Jiu Jitsu. Like I like I'm not even kidding. Every day I was there two hours early and then I would leave like an hour and a half late. It would be I like, I've pra- seriously practiced from five to ten thirty. <laughs>
0: Sorry to make like, sense why okay, no, well, like, you've gotten so much better. Monday, yeah, money – I,
2: I mean this is when I'm 18, but I mean
0: that's <laughs> – Oh, per- it's, in it's the prime of your I'm youth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds BMI great. in
1: my youth, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I, I get it. It's totally amazing and it's you know going to make a great uh, subsection in the movie of your life. Uh, but I want a practical answer here of what were you doing for those two hours beforehand because – I know enough jujitsu places now where you go two hours before nobody's even there.
2: Yeah, sometimes, sometimes um, I would be there by myself and I would do, um, you you know, the basic stand up drill. Yeah. Like they or they call it a Gracie stand up. You know, like the guy kicks sand in your face and you're at the beach and you're in like a GQ pose and you kick you you stand up backwards. I would do that. I'm not kidding. For like two hours, I drill double legs. I drill like triangles, but sometimes I would have partners there and I would we would just drill or we'd practice together, but yeah, I mean seriously uh my first my first um school for the first um, nine months that I trained it was in my instructor's garage and then he he got enough phone together to open up an academy but um yeah eventually I mean yeah he. Did, he basically gave an eighteen-year-old a key to the gym, so I could I could open it up for him. And then the people oh that God. I would trickle in, I'd be like, "You want to train? Yeah, you want to train. You want to train. You want to train? train." They're like, "Yeah," they're like they're like not even making eye contact with me. They're like, "What the hell's wrong with this
0: kid?" He was essentially <laughs> their pusher. Well, and yeah. Russ, your passion for Jiu-Jitsu early makes sense. I mean, especially given given your proven track record. Talk to us now, um, as. Uh, and you're filled with really cool jiu-jitsu stories by the way anyone that started practicing it before before the internet really existed and it's become wildly famous is always a fascinating story it just is talk Uh, to us about ebi4 what's the motivation to compete with ebi specifically and what are you looking forward to in in this next event
2: it's uh it's actually pretty simple um and i guarantee you when you see me compete you will see it uh number one I finally have a stage in which I, I just need a I I want a lot of people watching. Me. So it's like if I do the I B G as Worlds no one, no one's even in the stand yeah. when Mendez is in the hour going. It's like no one even cares. Like, well what is going on? Right? I need a, I need like a spotlight to get motive, motivated for. But th- to be honest with you it's just it's just me displaying my art. That's what it is. It's displaying all of the hard work that I've I've done over the past 24 years compressed into a single moment.
0: Points are so going to me, I'll be I'll earnings, be honest, by the way. The yeah, I'll be, I'll be
2: honest with you. It's really uh, whether or not I win or whether or not I lose, the, my job is still going to get done. Every single person will see what I've created. All my students will know. Uh, you will see everything. You'll see wrestling, you'll see jibs, you'll see passing, you'll see leg locks, you'll see everything that. I've been taught. I've been fortunate enough to be be taught by uh, two Hall of Fame coaches in wrestling. My Brazilian Jiu Jitsu lineage was Phil Snavely, Chris Brennan, uh, Jeremy Williams, and Rick Estrada. These are, I mean, these guys are like these are like the top practitioners in their field, you know. Um, And I'm uh... there to represent them. I'm not. I'm really not there to represent my myself. I'm there to represent my gym. I'm represent there to represent my teachings. I'm there to represent um, all of my workout partners that I've had in the past, and Next Generation, Apex, Impact. And uh, I'm just representing uh, my interpretation of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.
1: I think that's great. And, I mean, you already have a great built-in audience because at EBI 2, you were kind of destroying it, man. I mean – you were going on such a tear. You were exactly what we liked about the event. It is somebody who is hunting for the submission, recognizes it's not easy. What you are doing in that, that frame of, of that quick. and I've heard that. I've heard it's not easy. That I've amount of people, it, it is not easy. And um, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Kev, let's, let's do a quick timeline real quick. Okay. Uh, the timeline is uh, before EBI 2, I had actually crossed paths with Russ at a grapple-thon. And I don't know if you know this,
0: but grapple funds go on for a little bit. They're- yeah. You beat the hell out of him because he ran out of gas. I remember the story you told me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I didn't believe Uh, it at the time. I thought it was crazy, but I was like, okay, you know, Raph does. You know,
1: this is when you can tell Kevin's uh, brain synapses gets
0: uh, (laughs) the things a little hardwired crossed. Is that my last role? Mad at you mostly. (laughs) So my life goal.
1: Russ is Russ is so chill. He's not going to get mad at me. He's just going to be like, yeah, dude, okay, tell the story. So here's the story. Uh, The story is Russ is my last role in that day. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm rolling with him. And the ability to learn when you're rolling with people is something that I I hold to a high regard. And he is already just teaching me a really cool armbar uh, variation that he's doing. And he's landing it with such precision and such everything that I'm just looking at it. And I'm like, I'm going to learn this. And I'm picking it up. And it's very hard because he's very good at it. And it's almost (laughs) happening too fast that I can't learn it. But I took that and I ended up using it uh, against uh, a lot of the people I was training with the very next week. So I don't want to take credit for your performance at Evi too, but I feel like in my own way, Russ, mm. I, <laughs> I contributed in the ability to give you that person who you knew that you would beat. And in that scenario, you would kill them. So congratulations to you. Uh, But talk to us a little (laughs) bit about EBI 2 and how you enjoyed doing that because I I know that I ran into you before you went up to go there. And thank you, by the way, for Uh just even talking and shooting the shit with me. But explain that uh, that whole process and how they ended up coming to you and all of that.
2: Well, uh, yeah, EBI 2 was – believe it or not, um, that was – I think it's six years I think that was the first time in six years that I had competed in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Wow! So there was a that, there was a six year gap, and and I'll be honest, some of my students were like, "Dude, like, <laughs> why'd you just jump into the deep water like that?" Like, I'm like, I'll be fine, guys.
3: People have tried to punch me
0: in the face while I've been fighting, so I'm okay if they're just trying to submit me. Like, that's actually a welcomed vacation from the normal, so... Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, And, uh... It was very motivating for me to get ready for for something like that just because of... uh, I had just... Basically, basically, the reason for the long layoff was I got, I got really sick. I almost died of a uh, skin infection. And it took me so long to rebuild my body back up to where it was. And that was right about the time where my body started to become more healthy. So it was just, just like a natural step to me. Um, I liked how it was just one match. So all the spectators get to just watch one match going at a time. It's kind of like it's each, it's, each, it's each each match is like a, a little super fight, mm-hmm. okay. And I've I've told my guys before like there's lots of things that like I'll, I'll be honest. So I did I did a I did Naga in Vegas like a few months ago, and it was it was not like I didn't I didn't train for it. I didn't do anything, and it wasn't like looking back on it, I'm glad I didn't train for it because it was like I had two matches and they were both done in a minute. But it was like, the, the, there's no... You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm doing the highest division. Like, there's no one here. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I kind of feel like that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Where if you did an advanced tournament, there was both Brazilians and Americans in the tournament. And so it was, if you did the advanced tournament and you won, you were really good. You know, now if you win, you're like a blue or a purple belt. So this, the EBI was a totally different thing where I'll get motivated for this. Yes, I'll train for this because these are like, I get to test my skills against the best guys or some of the top guys. And I looked at it more as like a, a challenge, but I need something, I need something threatening in front of me first before I train for it. If I don't feel threatened, I'm really not going to train for it.
0: And so it that's was, how and people should also, approach school too, kids. I'm just saying. Yeah. We should readdress some teacher was standards.
2: Also, um, one of the things that I didn't really think about that happened was it completely benefited my entire gym because they got to see me do what I teach. I mean I guess I had never really thought about that benefiting my entire gym watching my own guys or uh, watching my guys watching me compete doing my thing representing everything that I teach. And so when I came back, I mean it was like it was weird. It was like almost like overnight, like everyone looks better. And they're like, Oh, what do you mean by when you say pressure pressure go this way, go that way and then chill the knee down this way? You know, it's like a lot of I I could do everything that I teach, and that to me that's the that's the um, best thing. I'm just passing on what I've what I've uh, what I know.
1: That's badass. That's so great, yeah, dude. And when they called you up to to do that, so that was the mentality then. Uh, obviously, you made a good enough impression. I mean, I guess if you know, whatever. I guess you're looking at that kind of exciting jujitsu as something people want to see, <laughs> but when you get the call for EBI four now, what does it mean to you? I guess we're a year past about, you know, what does that mean Uh to you now? What's the difference? Because you said now it's just showing off, you know, what you do and kind of inspiring you. But when you got that initial call, what was going through your head?
2: Oh, um, I was much happier because I had so much more time to prepare for it. Um, and my body's a lot healthier now. And, uh, feel like my jiu-jitsu wouldn't have evolved to the point that it is now if it wasn't for that tournament, the first one, the EBI 2, you know. So I'm starting to realize that this is an important part of my personal growth. Um, And I'm not kidding when I say this. I don't feel like I'm a competitor anymore, you know. Like I don't feel like – I have to, I have to prove myself to other people because I've already proven myself to myself. And that's the, that's the biggest, uh, breakthrough that you can have is like, once you, well, once you understand that really, I'm not really comparing myself to other, these other practitioners like, yeah, they're all good. I understand that, but I don't, I don't look up any of the guys, you know? I don't Badass. I don't compare I myself would be to obsessed. any other practitioner. I only I would be yeah, looking at their Instagram my...
0: profile. I would be checking their mm-hmm. Twitter. I'd be trying to find them on any OKCupid okay yeah. dating sites for trash yeah. talk. Like oh, I'd be going Kev, at... I
1: would be doing the same. I in mid-roll I'd be like, "Oh, I heard you didn't want to know what happens
0: at uh the end of The Walking Dead. <laughs> Everyone dies." I also saw you thumbs down on people that are not your ethnicity and i didn't enjoy it i'm just saying that's those are some
2: it's a, it's a kind of like a um pitfall that i i know now a lot of competitors fall into and that's that it's a um this comes out in their emotion and their emotional content content when they roll um when sometimes they're they're holding themselves back and they don't know why but I'll tell you what it, is, well, what it was for me is when I stopped comparing myself to other practitioners and I just started using myself as the standard. So it's like every day that you go into the gym, I'm not trying to be like the better than me or better than any of the guys in the tournament. I'm trying to be better than me every day. And you know what? After that, I started to get really, really good. Not just good, I was already really good. But after that something changed. I let go of everything that was I guess the word is title ish. I don't I don't know if that's even a word. But it's like it counts just you have a black like belt. stuff. Like, Straight. oh you're you're ten and one and MMA, da da you're state champions, black belt, I'm over that bullshit. You know? That's like me as like a cocky twenty six year old. Yeah. I've, I've grown up, but I've realized that part of letting yourself, that ego part of yourself go, allows you to flow a lot better. It allows you to get into um, a mental and emotional state in which you genuinely, like, I don't give a fuck <laughs> if I lose. For real. And it is an art. I'm not kidding. Not Yeah, if you go out there. And you're kind of like, oh, man, I really, really want to win this. But, man, if I lose, man, man, this is going to be wasted training. I've already done that. I already was that person. I'm in a different stage in my life. I'm not, you know. So this is one of the things I think that I can bring. I can show you. I can show you. I don't give a
0: fuck. Well, Russ, we'll see I Not don't a, think I have I mean any the, I mean debate when I say people thing. are going to be watching after hearing you talk about <laughs> yeah. this. People we like, i got to see this motherfucker. I, and, like, okay, I have no
1: choice. I do want to know this, though, Russ, because I know – have you even seen the names of the other competitors? Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen the poster, yeah. Okay, okay, so you are aware of that. That is the one thing. I I Do you know the bracketing yet? Have they gotten that? I, I thought that comes later in the week, right? I don't.
2: I don't think they drew the brackets yet.
1: Okay, is there somebody in there that you know? And I am not saying that you would destroy them or anything because that doesn't seem about your speed. But is there somebody or some buddies on that list that you think we would have a hell of a match?
2: Oh, in uh, anyone, yeah, any any time I am stepping on the match, trust me, that's gonna be a hell of a match. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> You guys got to understand that, uh, also uh, like, um, yeah, there's lots of like big, big names in there. And then that in itself can be a, its own pitfall where you're like, or you're trying to guess what the brackets are like, Oh, I'll beat him and I'll have this guy in the semis. And, uh, if I, I don't get full luck then I'll win. And then I'll go into the fight. It's like, that's, <laughs> a, that's stupid. Trust me. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> So to be honest with you, the best thing to do is to go in there almost like you're going against like a shadow opponent, like the person's like no no name, no nothing, and you, you got to go out there and flow and feel with her. You got to feel what they're about first. It's almost like this is how I break it down. Like you, I kind of like to flow with the guy at the beginning, and then you get it. Like it's almost like it tells like a story of. So I can tell sometimes' like, "Oh, this guy trained like eight years or ten years in the key, and he can be exploited this way. You know what I'm saying It's almost like you it's like a it's a story that's unfolding before you, okay, and the more emotionally calm you are, the more you can dive into this um, sensitivity if that makes
1: sense. It does, and you're blowing minds here because you've said several things. I'm going to go and list through them real quick. One, Trophyism. We're trademarking it, so you co-own that with us now because you said it on our podcast. Number two, the fact that you're talking about this Shadow Opponent, Kev, we need to get on this because I I think we could totally market that and being like it's going to be Russ versus the Shadow Opponent, which would make great posters. Number three. I like
0: Shadow Opponent in general. You know I do already. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number three, Russ, and
1: this is the one that I think is most uh, – the one that really stands out in my brain is this idea of a narrative when you are rolling with somebody. I expect a full PDF document the next time we roll of the story that you got from whatever it is I'm doing because holy shit, that's really cool. That's a really cool concept that um, obviously we're, we're kidding with but it's it's really unique and I think uh, –
0: Something that I don't hear a lot and from people. Frankly, I'm going to leave yeah. the podcast listeners wanting more. Russ, we're yeah, for um, sure going to want to talk to you again.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate
0: that. And if you want to see Russ fight, tune into EBI Four. He's going to be bringing the. They should get you the mic beforehand and after, and be like, <laughs> "Tell us what happened in your. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> give us, give us the details." In the meantime, if well, you want to compete, Russ, you guys have sub fighter. In you have tournaments.
2: Yeah, sub sub fighter submission classic. We've been um, let's see. I just hosted my 45th tournament, and the Jeez. whole reason behind me creating the tournament is um, to allow practitioners to develop in the same opportunities that I had when I was coming up. And I can't believe that there's so many single elimination tournaments out there. Um, that are high prices. It's like everybody has to know right now that there is no reason outside of profit that any tournament be single elimination, okay? Um, this will suppress your game. It's like you can't compare someone that has 100 matches to someone that has 200 matches. You can't compare someone that has 200 matches to someone that has 400 matches, you know? And um, there's two of my students that have done pretty much only, I think they've done um, grappling X twice. And then all the other tournaments they've done have been the sub tournament. tournaments. Two of them have over 80 matches. Damn. Okay, yeah, because I set up the format. You know, it's a $45 double elimination. But my in-house tournaments, the ones that are in my gym, are round robin. So I can guarantee everyone three matches. And this is how you grow. You grow through experience. You can't value one match over another. They're matches. It's like every time you go out there, you get better. You get better at honing your emotional control, and you get better at honing um, your mental game. Some of these guys, dude, I've even seen like black belts that mentally, they're like children. It's like how many matches do you have? Oh, you got nine? You have nine matches? I had nine matches when I was 10 years old. Come on, dude. Like, how are you a black belt? Come on, like, put it on the line. You know, Get but focused. it's like, it's like, yeah, they can be physically developed, but mentally and emotionally, they're not as developed. So, uh, I give this little speech before all my tournaments and just talk about how um, this is. My tournaments are great to work on your mental and emotional gains On top of like, you know, honing your physical and peaking and getting yourself ready for a tournament. It's great. In a relaxed and safe atmosphere, um, I. That's one of the things I really promote is that, like you as a practitioner, you guys need to learn the value of every time you compete. It's like it's like, dude, if you're only if you if you were competing throughout an entire year and you have ten matches, dude, I mean, come on, in one year you got only ten matches, come on, in wrestling in the summer. I would get fifty matches in the summer. <laughs> in a whole in a whole year I'd have over hundred and twenty matches. You know, I I when I was done wrestling, I had over six, seven seven hundred wrestling matches in easy. Damn. So then they're like, Oh, I can see you can compete really well. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> I've been doing it since I'm ten. <laughs> you know? I'm I'm like, dude, so it's like <laughs> It's like I'm trying to – this is something – part of me doing the tournament also is me giving back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm doing my best to give everybody opportunity to learn, like, how I learned and come up how I came up. Um, there still needs to be, like, uh, the Worlds and all that other stuff that, that I'm not, I don't feel even that I oppose them. I just feel that there definitely needs to be an alternative to that.
0: Well, Russ – you are fantastic. We're going to tune in more. Watch him at EBI. Head out to Subfighter. Tune into these tournaments. I mean, that sounds fantastic, especially the multiple matches. Russ, we cannot thank you for coming on the podcast this evening, and we will be chatting with you after we get to see you on display at EBI.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you,
0: guys. Verbal Tap fans, Russ Miura. Thank you. Oh, man, from 10th planet out there in Decatur, Alabama, one of the just friendliest souls in jujitsu whom I still owe a song to.
1: You do. And we'll get to that because he's going to harp you in two seconds. But before he can, let me just tell all the listeners at home right now, we almost canceled this interview because he was too happy off air. He was.
0: He sounded like (laughs) life was just the sun was shining. And this is a nighttime recording, so it sounded weird. Just With like this there's a choir aw, behind shucks. him of just happiness. I'm so happy, and we don't need Yay. that.
1: No, not at all. It has no place on this show. So, ladies and gentlemen, but
0: we did not cancel. Uh, that is worth noting.
1: Well, who's the guest, Kevin?
0: I don't remember his name per se. I just remember okay. the glory of his spirit, and his spirit okay. says to me, he's Brandon McCatherine. <laughs> Hey, hey me- there he is. Brandon, sorry for that weird, hilariously <laughs> intimate introduction. Uh, that's not the doorbell. Uh, how are you doing, sir?
3: I'm great. I feel, as uh, as I mentioned before, very happy.
0: Thank you you for invented me. the wet willy choke. That's... I to you.
3: I, I wouldn't say that.
0: You I, I stole
3: it from where bag else? Bag, I from Mr. Miyagi. Remember, he did that to the band. Oh no, he honked his nose.
0: I was like, that he was not that a. Guy. He didn't have him in a triangle choke, dickhead. He, he, he said, that wasn't the same. You you have it's a the very same si- idea. It's it the is, same yes,
3: core yes. principles <laughs> and idea. It's we not. Could, we clearly <laughs> know where you're
0: lifting
1: your ideas from, that's fine, but you put your own spin on it if you would. Uh, Brandon, we have a few things that we want to take you to task on, the first of which being, what the shit is this we found out about you having your own podcast now? What's this all about?
3: <laughs> well, I'm not very good at it, does that count? Well, Kevin's not good at it, it either, okay? but that doesn't change anything no. here.
0: Yeah, I, was, I, I guess I had just assumed it was a rumor, Brandon?
3: No, it's it's true. It's uh, it's it's not a good one. So you're okay. You're safe. Don't worry.
1: Okay, okay. You're trying to appease us, and that's fine. But why that's did you true. decide you I wanted to put bad. a podcast together? Did you get t- tired of crushing your appearances on here? <laughs> Were you <laughs> just like, well, man. oh man? Was there not <laughs> enough
0: satisfactory content out there?
3: I, you know what? I I just I just listened to myself talk all day. I'm like, you know what I need is I need a recording of me talking so I can just walk around with it in case I don't have anything to say at that moment. so
2: That's <laughs> I what, that's what I just decided to do. Yeah.
1: That's true. It's it's not that different from a crazy homeless person, but, you know, it works. And uh, it's cool. It's fine. It fits you. Uh, I have actually watched and listened a little bit of you, and you are very charming oh, that's it, unfortunate. so congratulations. Uh, you have a nice little <laughs> dynamic. You make it fun for the guests. Uh, not any of the guiding principles we believe in here, but fine, if you so believe that. Uh, what have you learned most in doing a podcast now that you're kind of amongst the brotherhood of us that do this?
3: Uh, well, I just really have learned that if I just relax and have a good time, it's a lot more fun. Don't don't get too serious about it because really nobody cares anyway. So that's what I learned. Nobody cares what I have to say, and I enjoy it a lot better that way do people actually tell you that do they like when, no, when they no. Give you feedback, Look, they i can just feel go, Dude. i can feel it i can feel i can feel their their aberration for my podcast <laughs> i know you don't listen to my podcast did you listen to the new Burden brandon podcast oh yeah we listen All right. <laughs> no, i'll just talk say what i want to say
1: oh my god so when can we expect <laughs> to see another one
3: uh, well, we've been kind of laying low over the summer because I've been gone a lot, and then my my partner, Dirty Bird, uh, he he's been gone a lot on the other times, so we're just gonna wait and pick it up
2: after a school year
3: kicks
1: back in. That's awesome. So, so you, you mentioned, you're you're traveling a little bit. I hear, pray tell, that you may be coming to Los Angeles for some strange reason. I'm coming Tuesday.
3: I'll be there in like two days.
1: Wow. Are you excited? Why?
3: Yeah, I love Los Angeles. I couldn't live there. It's too crazy. for. I'm from Lawrence County, Alabama. Uh, I graduated public high school with 31 people in my class. Public high school, 31 people. So (laughs) Los Angeles is a little high speed for me. (laughs) So I couldn't live there, but I love business.
1: High
0: speed. It's like
3: going to a different country.
1: (laughs) You have... (laughs) The amount of people you've graduated with in a Chipotle that you're at? Yeah, I'm sure that can be slightly intimidating. <laughs> but...
3: Whoa! Man, See, did y'all hear that noise? That's a red yeah, thing. What'd drop you do? That's a, just a big old truck.
0: And that's the first one you've seen in three spider. days? What's the point? I'm, I'm I don't <laughs> <laughs> uh
3: okay.
0: Brandon. Brandon. What...
3: I heard something about Chipotle, and then I heard a big, loud truck.
0: <laughs> Are you coming to Chipotle. Los Angeles for a particular reason?
3: Oh, just to get beat up for a week or so. I'm going to go oh. buy Eddie's. Let Eddie him thrash on me.
0: No. And then I'm going to go to EBI. EBI what? E-B- Did you say EBI? EBI,
3: the Eddie Bravo Invitational, friends. Haven't you heard? Uh...
1: <laughs> you are just the perfect. I'm so glad you're a walking commercial for this Brandon <laughs> now, obviously you know you are a 10th planet owner you love Eddie uh you have great ties with a lot of the community there you know we're excited about this event as well but we didn't know what we should do to really preview it until we came up with the great idea don't you think
0: Kev I think it's a fantastic idea
1: Okay, now we've never challenged you like this before, Brandon, but are you up for the challenge, not <coughs> even knowing what it is? Yeah,
3: of course. Okay. I'll Here's, the of
0: we, can, we can assure you it's a more strenuous exercise than what probably it required to graduate from your high school.
3: Well, <laughs> 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 not really
1: stepping out of your lane too much there.
0: No, no, it's a safe house bet. That's why we feel good about it.
1: So here's the thing. What we are going to do is we are going to set a clock right now, okay? This clock is going to be representative. It's going to be 10 minutes. And Kevin and I are going to speed through a series of questions. You ask through them as fast as you can. And if we so feel like it, we may stop you and kind of ask you a little bit more details on them. But it's a speed series of questions. So the first thing that comes to your head to help us understand why – what's that?
3: I got to answer them fast.
0: Yes, that is all right. No, it's 20 questions. We'd like you to take your time and elaborate and see how posthumously we could take this. Maybe we could take it all the way to Tuesday morning. Who knows? Let's do it. All
1: right. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay, let's see what happens. Yes. He's so <laughs> that's exactly yeah, the concept. Good job. Uh, Brandon, do you have any <laughs> questions that uh, for us before we start this thing?
3: Uh, I don't think so.
1: <laughs> that, that that's how you know you have a good concept when the person
0: involves like I guess whatever oh, I so you can do it, yeah, good. <laughs> Sorry, it should yeah. be fine questions you okay yeah
1: all right Kev you are gonna kick us off in three two
0: one do we go I don't.
1: The, the One is assumed, it's a
0: broadcast Oh, I'm there. sorry, okay, Brandon McCatherine
1: <laughs> Who <laughs>
0: I know, he did, he did the silent countdown I, I was like, wait were Hey, don't do your head nod It's like, well, we're not a visual podcast I think I get No, but a it. professional can
1: goddamn do it We're already fucking 20 seconds into this preview yeah, Not a lot of
0: people are going to accuse me of that, Raph Brandon, who will have the coolest spats? Be honest The
3: coolest spats? <laughs> um, Gio Martinez.
0: Probably. Gio Martinez, great, very, very good great answer.
1: answer. Uh, he always
3: wears shorts over his spats, so. though. It
1: won't be Gio, but his will be nice. Well, no, Does that, that not count if you yeah, have
0: that? No, yeah, you, you, know, you still qualify. If you have spats on, you qualify. It doesn't matter if there's shorts with them. Okay. That only accentuates. Okay.
1: All right, uh, Brandon, I'm coming to you next. It is, who is going to have the best leg locks in the division?
3: Eddie Cummings, 100%.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that he's in this. I love that he's fighting. Raph, if I can just be... He's honest. a gangster. He is. Okay. Brandon, most likely to finish in yep. two minutes.
3: <laughs> That's Kev.
0: How how oh, dare... Uh, I don't like your bullshit, sir. This is a gentleman's <laughs> podcast.
3: It was a gentleman's Raph?
1: joke.
0: Raph... I'm gonna I'm not, allow it because uh, you're gonna I allow most it. Most it? I mean, I mean, no. uh, okay,
1: Brandon, you actually I think you answered got it. Geo
3: on one side of the bracket finishing quickly, okay. and then you got Eddie Cummings on the other side of the bracket finishing really quickly.
1: Whoa, whoa, so, but whoa, they whoa, all, whoa! I think they both finish everybody all the way to the to the final. Do you know the brackets? I know they're on opposite side of the bracket. Okay, okay, tease for all of you who have not yet seen the brackets. Uh, Okay, okay, let's get back to the the speed round of all of this. Brandon, I'm coming to you with this question. It is, who has the best smile in the division?
3: Oh, Barrett Yoshida?
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, that's why that question was asked um, This is like a, Just a, a big momentum question Who's the hottest right now? Like
3: the most gorgeous Or the most on fire With their jujitsu? That's two different questions
0: It's a merger of both If we're using um, Miss America rules
3: Alright, well it's gotta be Cummings then He's oh. the he's the he's a gorgeous, well-made specimen <laughs> with well-manicured facial hair.
0: <laughs> uh, can your facial hair? T- be hair manicured? Manicured? Oh yeah, that's manicured okay. I'm it's just saying this is why you got to listen to this man's podcast. His yeah. voice is gold, and his opinions are money. It's true. You can use that uh, as a slogan.
1: Hold on, Kev. I need to get real serious with him. Go for it. Okay, Brandon. Yes. Who are you most rooting for?
3: Uh, that's got to be Gio Martinez for sure, because he's my friend. And, uh, you know, he has never lost at black belt. He's never lost a match since he got his black belt. Not one.
0: He's really good. He's very good at jiu Okay. I also have to get less serious. Who does Eddie really like? Can you be honest? Is there someone that he's like, I love this guy and he won't stop talking about it? You know what happens when he's just like, hey, you know, we got this guy. Wait,
3: is the question what does Eddie really like?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Who does Eddie? It's like, who is he like a little excited that came?
3: Eddie, Eddie is always, he's the, uh, no matter what he's talking about, it is the most important and most impassioned discussion you're ever going to have, no matter what you're talking about with him. And it will always come back around somehow to how scary the government is, <laughs> marijuana, <laughs> or jiu-jitsu. Always, always, always. <laughs> or chin Kim-
0: God, <laughs> I love all three of those things. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, love I just love a like, good <laughs> became a little bit more of an Eddie fan. I didn't know it was possible. There it is.
1: And you know, Brandon, I have to applaud you. You did such a great job talking around it. You didn't answer the question. It was impressive. Mm. Well,
3: I thought, what what does Eddie really like? I don't. Is that Who? a question? Who? Word? Who?
0: Who? Who does Eddie really like? That's competing.
3: Oh, that's a oh different question.
0: No, no I couldn't have been the exact clearer. Question we asked. <laughs>
3: I was
1: like,
0: is there someone he's been talking about that's me, excited is on the card? the
3: opportunity to apologize to the listeners. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm on a cellular telephone and could not understand the last two letters of the WH word. My fault. You're still
1: not Apology. answering the question in your explanation. Answer the goddamn question. Who? Well, he likes to kill. He likes Geo, I okay. think. Okay. Okay, good. Now we've discussed who he really likes
0: <laughs> and the issues he likes to talk about on a governmental <laughs> level. I the was no. <laughs> okay,
3: okay,
1: Well, okay, this is really going a, a question, meta, meta direction. In the they're <laughs> now we're gonna follow up that question with who is the biggest sleeper on the card? Kevin Burbage. Why? Brown Belt.
3: Out of what the fuck
0: Ocean.
1: So we had
3: a tenth planet like team trials. So we had a big tournament, and all our guys flew in from all over the country to get a spot on the EBI. And he won the tournament, all submissions.
0: Damn, that okay. actually sounds One badass. The by the way, I didn't know about this yeah, little tournament. Cool. Is it on YouTube anywhere, or is this just a thing?
3: Nope. Well, we did it on uh, it's kind of underground. Fuck. I did it at HQ. Wow.
0: Oh, that's cool. Raf, that's cool. Yeah. Raf Yes. yes. Raph, that's cool. Y'all should
3: have a verbal tap trials and the winner of the verbal tap trials. Gets
0: wholeheartedly agree. Okay. Next question. Is Joe Rogan coming? And if so, how high? <laughs> um,
3: I don't know for sure, but I know he's one of the sponsors. The Joe Rogan podcast is one of the sponsors.
1: And very, very, very. <laughs> very. Very is a very, very true yeah, response. Let's go to our question. next question. Cool. It is going to be, uh, how many guillotines can we expect to see finished in the span of EBI 4? Guillotines? One, maybe. One? You're just over-under is
0: one? Ooh.
1: Yeah,
0: one. Wow, okay. And Maybe, maybe one. Maybe one? Why do you see maybe one?
3: Uh, it's a pretty common submission, but <laughs> it's going to be all foot locks, man. So oh, okay. the locks in the back. That's all you're going to see.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Uh, what strain is sponsoring the event?
3: <laughs> what strain? Um, I don't know enough about them to answer the question properly. So I'll mm. say the yeah I don't have a funny
0: thing to say. no, we'll just stop recording here for a second, guys. sorry, we're just gonna take a quick second to talk to Brandon off air for no reason. Sure, all right
2: hmm?
0: perfect. Puddle. all right, Puddle thanks. Up. no, that was fun, Brandon. no, that was no, we definitely no one heard a no obviously no, no one knows a straight answer. so let's just go to the next question.
1: yeah, obviously, <laughs> and you know, I actually I paused the time because. I felt like we needed to acknowledge that if he doesn't know which strain is sponsoring the event, that he's not really a 10th planet. Uh, obviously. You're saying. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm Obviously. Okay. We've addressed that. that. Eighth, ninth it's, oh, minute, don't don't apologize to me. Apologize no, yeah, to yourself and your students, please. Thank you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's go to our next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to our next question is uh, how fast is going to be the fastest submission? Ooh, under 20 seconds. And what is it going to be? Foot lock, heel hook outside heel hook. Heel
0: hook. Okay. How right, many yeah. overtimes? How many overtimes?
3: Total the whole event. Y- yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Overtime matches. I say three matches, and they'll all okay. go to the second or third round at least.
1: Ooh. Okay.
3: There's three uh, overtime rounds for overtime. I
1: have a really important question. It's going to be how many times are we going to hear Eddie say the word bye <laughs> <laughs> um 11 11 times okay that's pretty
0: good Eleven's good Eleven's good okay um will there be the warm-up station cages do you know
3: have, like the go go dancer cages. you know what yes, i'm talking about mom. yes <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes
1: yeah i hope so i that love was a that different venue, everyone loved that, that was at the first thing you.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that was they the first did, one. At the last this one one's too, at the Orpheum, though.
1: Right? Yeah, it's at the Orpheum. At the Orpheum, the they Orpheum. still had it. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Kevin and I have a speed round that we're gonna do next, but we're gonna get these last couple questions. Uh, did Eddie ask you yeah. to write a song about the event? No. Will oh. you? Yes. Good. <laughs> All right, Kev, Ask the last Call one on. for this round before we get to the mega speed round.
0: Yeah, uh, honestly. Pick your dream matchup.
1: Uh,
3: I want Cummings versus Geo in the final. Oh well, I really want to see Geo versus Meow too.
0: Ooh, Meow really is want to in the tournament. See Cummings
3: versus Meow. I want to see oh, Cummings right. versus Meow too, because how do you footlock that kid? Like, Cummings has got to footlock him, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: yeah, But
3: how do you footlock him? I he mean, doesn't tap. He doesn't have feet.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, he if has you, feet, but so... they're
3: attached in different ways than mine.
1: Yeah. I mean that was a big problem that we saw at five is uh Meow Brothers kinda hard to, you know, kill their feet. Um Brandon, how would you self critique your performance in that, that ten minute round?
3: Um I thought I talked a little uh a little countryer than normal. And uh, I was okay. pleased with that. I was happy with the way that went. Yeah, I thought it would. Uh I'll thought my performance, based on what I was given, was pretty strong. But let's be real, I'm not working with a lot here. So,
0: not Blashes bad. feel that? You feel that, based 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 on what you're feel that, that hate? you just throwing shade at both of us.
1: I just love based on what I was given. Based on, on what I was given. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, as you know, whenever you make it to uh, the 10-minute time for EBI, we figured we'd do EBI rules here which is that you now have to do overtime it's going to be 1 minute of overtime and we are going to ask you to do word association okay you ready for it all right all right
3: i'll, I'll be real good yeah
1: are you are you sure
3: oh i'm real i'm sure
1: okay all right uh kev are you ready to go probably all right i'm starting it off in 3 2
0: One. That's a goddamn it.
1: The I'm Who's just, the fucking... It. I, starting it? Just are one you minute Go. Uh, okay. I'll start it. Fine. Okay. Starting in three, two, one. Two, Geo one. Martinez.
3: Break dancer.
0: EBI. It's, turn him. Oh, that's- Sergio Perez. Mexicans. <laughs> Spats.
1: Tight. At <And> five E. <laughs> five goes left.
0: Weight cuts.
3: That was more than one word. <laughs>
1: no, you're supposed to give one word. Okay, Joel Tudor. <laughs>
0: Rules.
3: Uh, wait, wait, time out. Uh, time out. Did you say weight cut?
0: Like, yes. Like
3: stopping time, or did you say weight cut?
0: I said like, weight cut, a. like the thing you do to fight at a weight lower than your current weight, Brandon. It's a pretty common term for shedding weight.
3: In my defense, you've screwed up a bunch of times. So I thought we were waiting. Screwed right. what up? Wait, <laughs> good wrestlers.
1: Oh. all right, Joel Tudor.
3: Surfing. I don't know <laughs> if they're associated or not, but it sounds like it should be here.
0: I, I do, too. I do agree with that. Uh, underdog. Burbage. Mikey Maine.
3: Wait, what was that
1: one? Mikey Main.
3: Mikey Main, the main event.
0: <laughs> Best L.A. training partner.
3: Um, Rafa Sparsa.
1: Oh. Oh. Wow. Alexis Aldacine. Uh, Glory. <laughs> I don't know why. Onion. Is that
3: better?
0: <laughs> Raf, we have a lap our one minute. If you'd like one more, I would acquiesce. All right. Let's do this. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> well, you don't
1: really get a choice in any of this as we've learned.
3: Fair enough.
0: <sighs> EBI four. Awesome. Ooh. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, from Tenth Planet, Indicator Alabama, I get <laughs> choked up because that's how much he means to me. And us here at you, Verbal Tap Podcast. We love him despite his southern dumbness and the general happiness in which he lives his life bopping around like things are just shining on him and that the trees are happy for him. Despite all of that, we love him dearly. Verbal Tap fans, thank please you. give it up. <laughs> Brandon McCatherine. Thank you. Thank you. I'm on the swing set
3: right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> Ref, that was awesome. It's a lot of fun. No, that was that was more than a lot of fun. <laughs> That was a sincere hey, amount of fun.
1: It's a sincere amount of fun. As opposed to the sincere fun we, we always have got to talk to Brandon the
0: McCatherin. These are fun people.
1: Hey, what's that thing that Brandon sent us uh, off air? Because apparently he forgot to do. Because uh, I thought he was a host of a podcast and knows that he should be able to do these sorts of and things. And
0: obviously Russ didn't struggle with this. Only Brandon did. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if I'm comparing guests. hmm mm-hmm. He said, hey, be sure to promote my Periscope and Twitter and Facebook and something at Brandon underscore MC. You would think after being on our show, you would was a six, seven times,
1: you would know the times.
0: deal. Who remember
1: and you it? would think as a host, he would be able to plug it himself.
0: But you know what, Kev? Not all hosts are created the same. And not everyone has that dedicated professionalism mm-hmm. that you and I strive to create.
1: One of us. But I would say this, Kev. Uh, obviously a <laughs> great podcast. Could be on the same side.
0: Stuff. I just want the whole crowd to be like, hey, that was a moment. This is why I, I tried to stick Russ on you earlier. Reasons.
1: I know exactly what you're doing. You, there is a moment with every guest where you are trying to pit them against <laughs> And if you notice, I'm better at pitting them against you at the end. It's kind of a rope-a-dope. I have noticed
0: that, but the listeners haven't yet. They're like so <laughs> sure. pretty. Yeah, the, the
1: listeners are a step behind us, Kevin. Definitely. Uh, before we go any further, I'm going to have you look at this because this made me laugh a lot. Uh, it's a wonderful, fascinating tale. Do you have it on your side now? I I do. Okay, go ahead and turn the volume down just a little bit so you can kind of watch it. It'll, it'll get loud. For those who don't know, uh, somebody posted an indie wrestling, uh, professional wrestling uh, event this weekend. You know, when they bring the kids in, like the WWE will bring them in. They'll be like, oh, man, I really want to fulfill my lifelong dream of being a wrestler. So they brought in this kid and they had an adult with him and they had two tag team wrestlers who were there. So what starts the video? Are you watching it, Kevin? I am watching it. I love their tights. Okay, they're very much like spats, so it speaks to Kevin's heart.
0: Oh, they, drop kicks the dad in the face. I
1: mean, that's brutal, right? It's great stuff. Yeah. But now, narrate us through what's happening next,
0: Kevin. Oh, the kid is now punching both of them and giving them the business. Oh, this is awesome. He just drop kicked him right in the nudicles, gives the other one the abandonment drop hip. Boom. This kid looks like a Muay Thai champion, by the way. He is going at their ribs. Oh hardcore oh off the rope they double the kid give him the drop kicks shirts have come off ladies and gentlemen everybody buckle in your seatbelts it's time for a wild ride of man
1: so kev what did you most learn from this because the kid got super kicked not from one professional wrestler but but two. both Both. and how old is this kid in this video
0: (laughs) nine eight how good is this video amazing it is really a great video
1: <laughs>
0: i love that it that takes. me very the, happy
1: <laughs> it takes the turn of oh come in here kid yeah Let's you do can this. beat us up and now we've just super kicked you into oh blithering. yep so uh fun stuff there uh good podcast, a lot of fun i'm glad we got to talk with the guys that's great Russ is great you wow. too can't wait Brand. for ebi four stoked I- for it Will be there reporting live, yeah, so you, you guys will want to keep an eye out on that. But, uh, yeah, it's gonna be good stuff, and uh, hopefully, we'll get to see a whole bunch of our friends when we go back down there.
0: And that's gonna do it for us tonight here. We'll I mean, tap some shout outs. I'll go first, hanging out there with the Master Wilson Chantilly VA, doing some training, Wrath. Headed to Denver, so just big shout out to my girlfriend for being super amicable. Thanks, Vicky. We are taking a flight out to try and find a place to live tomorrow. Like that's Ooh. what we're doing. We're headed out to the to the Rockies to live a little. Let the good times roll. That's what's going on. How excited are you for the weed though? Nine. Nine uh, out of seven. Stoked. So excited. When you said
1: nine. I thought like, why is he getting German for? That's really maybe. weird.
0: What's the highest level? That's Nine. The boom. It's nine. Nine, nine happy. It's
1: 11. What?
0: That's, and that's going to do it for me, Raph Sparza. Who you got? Let's shout out Valley Martial Arts Center. Be <laughs> So you know what's good?
1: I went to go train there on Friday night. I say hi to everybody. And I see my part-time arch nemesis, Octavio. Just walking around. And I was like, oh, I see how it is, Octavio. You uh, you can make it to the night class. But, man, that 5 a.m. morning class that you said you'll be at, you can't uh, do it, huh? Not quite able to show up, hey, nope. Octavio. But then somebody walks over to me and they say, Raph, Raf, Raph, leave him alone. He's got a tournament this weekend. I go, what? So at the very end of the day, I, uh, I went to go congratulate him. And I said, you know, I think you're ready. I think you're good. Um, good luck at your tournament on Sunday. But don't forget, I will see you right back on the mats on Monday.
0: And I'll find you
1: whatever class you're at. <laughs> and he proceeds to tell me that one of his legs, like one of his knees is kind of like, eh, it's kind of so-so. And I go, which one? And he goes, the right one. And I go, I'll see that
0: right one. Well, he and I can trade the right for the left. <laughs>
1: That's what I should do. I should probably tell him. I was like, no, Kevin's injured leg is the left
0: one, dick. That does me no good. You're of no help to me whatsoever. Then I punch him in the face. No,
1: uh, obviously, but it was the greatest thing in the world to put up a meme and have him be a good sport about it. So we put up a meme that says, when you wish your training partner well at their tournament on Sunday, but remind them you'll see them right back on the mats on Monday. And he was... Really funny about it. He said we have a really nice note, so we want to shout out to him. We also want to shout out the good people at Breakdown Academy. Our good friend John Evans and I, Kev. We may be up to something very soon. Ew. I uh, I don't want to give too much away, but um, do you like the way I talk? Yes. Well, do you? Well, yeah. you do a podcast with me, so I think that's you have to in some way okay with it. Yeah. Uh, do you like the way John Evans talks? Nope, not at all. Okay. Well. You got me there, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, that half is say. not bad. One yeah. out of two is better than most. And I don't know I can say anything more than that. Maybe you'll hear us talk more for some reason. That would reason. be awesome. I, I would
0: love to hear you guys talk more. It'd be fun. Most of you. <laughs> yeah, so, 50% of that equation. Is that you rapping? I don't, you, <laughs> I don't mean to interject. I don't want to steal your agency. And now I'm done. And that's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good fight.